The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Brian Lloyd, movies editor of entertainment.ie is with us. And Brian, given the shortage of supply of new movies as a result of the writer's strike and the actor's strike, how important to cinemas might be the sudden surge in popularity of the concert movie? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily important to cinemas. I mean, I do think that uh, they are relatively few and far between. They're mostly kind of confined to, you know, the likes of Netflix or Prime Video or whatever. I mean, obviously, this weekend is an exception. You have Taylor Swift, uh, the Eras tour, the movie is being released to cinemas. And I think just the fact that, like, you know, Taylor Swift is you know, one of, if not the biggest uh, selling artists, music selling artists on on the planet right now. So, you know, her legions and legions of fans would actually turn out to the cinema. And also as well, consider the fact as well that the tickets to get, the tickets for the Eras tour have been very, very, very valuable. So I think people who are disappointed would be more likely to go to see it. Now, it's not to say that, you know, it's particularly cynical by cinemas or anything like that that they're, that they're showing it in cinemas or whatever. But I think you know it's a it's a rare it's a rare enough occurrence. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's you know cinemas trying to find a lifeline at this point. I think some of the cinemas in the United States, the distributor in the United States, regarded as being exceptionally important. But the movie itself, it only was released, I think, in America today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. The premiere for it was last night. And, I mean, already, I mean, going by Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, I don't know if that's much of a barometer, but, I mean, already it's been hailed as, you know, one of the most important concert movies of the last 10 years. It's got 100% and what have you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I suppose some cinemas would say that, but I mean, to be honest, like it's not as if studios are running out of running out of um, films to release in cinemas. I mean, a lot of it now, I think, is basically they're just trying to kind of space it out because, I mean, already SAG after have said that the AM the AM uh, PTP have walked away from the negotiating table. So the actor strike still has no end in sight, even if the writers are back to work at the minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it myself. It wasn't screened for press here, so I can't comment. But apparently, I mean, it's two hours and forty-five minutes in length as well, yeah. uh, which is certainly providing value for money. Shot two months ago, but it's one of a series of movies coming. Beyonce has one as well, doesn't she? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she has one called uh, Renaissance. I think it is, um, the, which is again based on her world tour. I mean, it, it makes sense for it makes sense for these artists to have these films. I think because, like you know, the production value that they're putting onto these concerts is incredible. I mean, it, it is up there with an actual decent size movie production. You know, but. What I found, anyway, is that a lot of the directors that they're getting, they seem to be pretty unimaginative. Like this guy, Sam Wrench, who did, you know, the Taylor Swift tour, this, the Taylor Swift Airs thing. I mean, he did Billie Eilish live at the O2. He did Lizzo live in concert. He did one way back when with, you know, Mumford and Sons. You have directors, I feel, that are just purely specialising in live events. Whereas if you look at the greats, you look at something like, you know, The Last Waltz or Stop Making Sense. I mean, in that case, you had Jonathan Demme and you had Martin Scorsese. You know, these were directors that, you know, worked in theatrical film, worked in narratives and had a great visual sense. Compared to the kind of concert films you see now, it's usually, 
guys who specialize or well women i guess or whoever who specialize in live photography and it seems to be kind of i guess a little bit unimaginative you know Stop making sense. It's 40 years old now and it's yeah. available in a lot of cinemas at the moment. Unfortunately, my local cinema doesn't have it because I was going to go and see it there if it would have been on because that is one of the great concert movies and it's it was so original in its time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is it. I mean, The Lighthouse uh, shows it pretty regularly and from people who've gone to see it, it's a brilliant night out. People are up in this, up in the, up in their seats and they're dancing. It's like going to a. It's as close as you can get to an actual Talking Heads concert, you know. And even something like the Last Waltz, like, which would be my favourite. You know, the interviews that Scorsese did. I mean, they do tell a lot, and then the performances as well. The way that he kind of puts the camera, and you can there's an element of storytelling to it, and the sound is brilliant. Yeah, and I just feel that like a lot of the the live concert shows that you see nowadays, it's basically trying to capture all the production value, which fair enough, but you know, it's it's trying to replicate the experience as opposed to make something of its of its own kind of uh, of its own creation, if you like. Okay, let's talk about the more conventional movies, so to speak, that are opening this weekend. Uh, what's this book, Lies We Tell? Or it's based on a book, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's based on a short story by uh, Jay Sheridan Lafanu, which would was released like in the you know the nineteenth century. Um, the book was originally called Uncle Silas. It's been adapted a bunch of times. Peter O'Toole was in one version of it. This version, it's uh, Agnes O'Casey. She plays this uh, heiress who's recently come into a massive fortune. Her uncle uh, Silas, who played by David Wilmot, arrives at their sprawling mansion with his two kids. One is played by Chris Wally, the other is played Holly Star. And then he basically starts to kind of impose his will on Maud. She's obviously just turned 18. She's not yet wedded. And because this is a period drama and said in that time period, she's kind of considered almost like an invalid, you know, that sort of way that she can't make decisions for herself. And then little by little, Uncle Silas begins to kind of dominate the house, make his own decisions, decide what he's going to do with her money. And then she gets herself into a battle of wills with him and his son. Um, David Wilmot is fantastic in this. I mean, he's one of these actors, I think, that has this real air of menace about him. And Agnes O'Casey, I think she's got this great versatility. Like, she's able to play, you know, this very haughty and aloof, very, you know, uh, tightly wound character in one scene. And then in the next scene, you can just see the panic in her eyes, you know? And Chris Wally, I mean, people would, would recognize him from The Young Offenders and know him from a lot of his comedic work. And he's, you know, when he does comedy, he's very natural with it and all the rest of it. But in this, he plays this really kind of, you know, slimy, slithering character. And... He's just absolutely mesmerising. Okay. So you like that a bit. Agnes O'Casey is also in the other Irish movie that's yeah. out this week, The Miracle Club, which has international stars Catty Bates, Maggie Smith and Laura Linney. So hmm. what does this all-star lineup do with the material? Not a whole lot, to be totally honest. Um, so what's going on here is essentially these three women... Um, head off to Lourdes uh, in 1960s Dublin head, sorry leave 1960s Dublin to head to Lourdes for a miracle of their own uh, different uh, situations I guess Cathy Bates's character is having medical problems Agnes O'Casey's character her child isn't able to speak and Maggie Smith obviously is dealing with their own kind of personal problems Laura Linney has recently returned from America to Dublin to bury her mother and then starts to reconnect with her mother's friends and then I guess is having a bit of a crisis of faith in herself I mean, 
the thing about this is, is that, you know, look, a film set in 1960s Ireland and it's about the Roman Catholic Church and it leaves out a lot, a lot, a lot of the problems that the Catholic Church uh, had at that time period. I think it, oh, there's a little bit of... That's what society did at the time, Brian. It is, in fairness. But like, it doesn't, it, Everything it, was like ignored. A, it, oh yeah, it was ignored entirely. But like, I mean, it's just we have the we have the benefit of hindsight now. Surely, to, surely you would think there'd be some sort of acknowledgement of it. Do you know that sort of way? Like, it just it feels a little bit. I don't know. Like, I just it, it kind of irked me a little bit, to be honest. But I mean, aside from that, I mean, Maggie Smith and Kathy Bates and Laura Linney. I mean, these are top tier actors. You know, Academy Awards and SAG Awards and everything else between the three of them. Um. Thaddeus O'Sullivan directs this, and it's not terribly cinematic. I mean, it's there's nothing really in this that kind of would need it to be a film, you know, that sort of way. As I was watching it, I was kind of thinking, this could have been a play, and it probably would have worked better as a play. I mean, even when they okay. get to Lourdes, there's a lot of, like, bad CGI, and it just, you can see the creaks in it, I guess. All right, we have to leave it there. Brian Lloyd, movies editor of entertainment.ie. Thank you for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.